Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark Oh, I know that we sure do. I am Mark Blankenship, the Mark of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and I'm here talking about songs with Sarah, the spiritual guide of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Hello, Sarah. Oh, boy. Um, Yes, I am the devil's lawyer from The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Um, (laughs) Justice for Mephistopheles. (laughs) Episode 187 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, but not 187 like uh, murder. Uh, One eight seven on an undercover cop. I, d- no. I mean, I hope not. That would be a really weird juxtaposition with our actual topic, which is Bjork's big time sensuality, as requested by listener Brian V. Um, as is so often true, uh, this listener request may have been from like an entire presidential term ago. It, it's possible he requested this during the johnson administration and i mean the andrew johnson i was gonna say the andrew johnson administration um we we do keep all of these we will get to them patience there are many songs we're out to collect the whole set (laughs) so um i think but if actually if artists if you can hear us just stop writing songs for a minute so that we can catch up well it's like my other podcast (laughs) about um i'm doing every single thing dennis quaid ever did in front of a camera and he's like on tv he's in this movie he's like shooting some miniseries i'm like bitch take a vacation (laughs) i'm dehydrated (laughs) i don't know how fucking that trumpist apologist got in here but anyway We're actually here to discuss Bjork's big-time sensuality. Let's hear a clip first. Mm -hmm. think mm. that this encapsulates all of the wide world of Bjork, good and bad. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I mean, to a T. That, yes, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, well, let me put them back in your mouth so that you can keep talking. <laughs> oh, um, so at her best, Bjork is an exhilarating artist who seems Perfect to be able to it. who seems to be able to decouple herself from any kind of constraint and then invites us to join her in the wild freedom of her artistic liberation at her worst she is an overindulgent uh self-indulgent completely undisciplined yowling lady who who seems to have climbed so far up her own conceptual asshole 
that she mistakes bleeps, blops, and sounds for music that anyone would ever want to hear. So when she is able to fuse her sense of experimentation with a sense of discernible structure, you get this exhilarating thing like, I think this song is. Uh, and then when you when she doesn't feel the need to in any way appeal to someone or bring them along, you get an album that's all about her belief in the demons under the ocean, and every sound on it is just made by her gargling water. Yeah. Um, there's some gargling in this song, which is why I don't think it's as successful for me as a song as Human Behavior, which I think has more or there's more to life than this which i remember sitting up in my dorm room when Mm. like in the middle of that song she like slams the door behind her and there's like party noises happening in the distance and she's Mm. conspiratorially singing about this party and like just you know being outside and like oh now we're alone together outside the party and isn't this the most exciting thing part of falling in love is when you're alone together and um it's like oh like i would never have thought to to put that in what is really a you know it's an audio narrative right so of, of course like have some sound effects that's awesome but then she just does it and then she's like so it's just us now you and you and me listener and it's neat and she also has a lovely voice that when she just sings and isn't like that you're like okay peewee i i need you to not like there is a technical skill to that and it is her prerogative to use it um, and she's not as bad about it here as she is when she was in the sugar cubes. We will hear a clip, but I think you're right on that. There is something about like when you get into the roller coaster car, that is uh, a, any Bjork song. If you have not heard it before, it's like, well, either this is going to be exhilarating and fun and I'm going to scream and wave my arms a lot, or I am going to barf. And hopefully it's not both. <laughs> but and the, you know what? It, sorry, you're go ahead. So that, that roller coaster metaphor is so perfect because there's also that sense of anticipation that is also mixed with dread. Because you <laughs> yes. don't know what the fuck is about to happen to you, <laughs> but it's going to be something. Yeah. It's it's going to be intense, whatever it is. Yeah, that it's like three G's doesn't seem like a great idea for human beings, but here we go. And then <laughs> Too she's late like, to "Get out now!" Sprawling, <laughs> and you're like, "I why? Help me!" And then you're screaming, and then you stagger off and get a beer. I've been on one roller coaster, ladies and germs. It wasn't a good experience for me. <laughs> but. That I think that's what it's like based on what roller coaster fans say about doing it. Like I have inner ear problems and I went on the cyclone and retired. So I'm never going to find out. But I think there is that like this could be extremely awesome and it could also be extremely frightening and negative. And there is there are few songs for me with her where it's kind of like not in the middle, but like parts of it are fun and then parts of it are annoying. Like that's, that's not usually the experience. She doesn't usually split it very well. It's like Mm, at one mm -hmm. pole or the other, I think. And this is unusual because there is some screeching and some 
blooping that I'm like, I don't know. But then mostly it's fun and I enjoy the song. Yeah, I think like, for instance, I love the way that she sings the phrase big time sensuality. Like the amount of time it takes her to get through the phrase, it's so playful and exciting and it feels sensual the way that the words are rolling around in her mouth. Um, and I also do love the dope ass remix that is the single version of this song, a remix by a guy named Fluke. Like his consistent beat underneath this song also really helps me enjoy it because I can count on that at least. And yeah. she can then sort of she can annotate the beat with her vocal improvisations, but there's always this thing that we're all still connected to that <laughs> keeps us grounded. Yeah, we're not like way. floating in space with flowers for heads. This is yeah. This is the other thing about the lyrics. Like her whole persona is so like anime unreality. Yes. That it's like big time sensuality. Like, uh-huh. Wait, what? Like, I know that English is perhaps not your first language, but that's not a thing. No one told you. I think she lives in the space of that's not a thing. Like, that she's talking about how in this world of big-time sensuality, like, something is about to happen and we're both included. Like, why are you describing sex like it's stereo instructions? (laughs) And at the same time, it's completely clinical and um, spectrum and just a little off, but... Her whole brand persona, um, like it, it's it almost fetishizes anything that she's talking about. So she could be talking about something extremely G-rated or square or dull, like quilting, or I have to have my shoes fixed, and then it's gonna be weird and like yeah. perverse. So that's an interesting aspect of this that calling it big time sensuality both like it just puts it right out there but then you're like wait what is being put out there right now like i'm i'm confused and covered in silly string why why is this why are you that i i find so interesting about this this artist that she has become and has now been for decades yeah is that much like Picasso started his career by painting very realistic portraits and then evolved <laughs> into the cubist that he was. Right. She started her career singing Icelandic folk songs as a young child. Mm-hmm. And there is this exhibit in a museum in Reykjavik that shows the cover of her first album. And she's wearing um, historic Icelandic costume. Mm-hmm. And she's singing songs like that are that were meant to be sung on the cold, endless night with no sun that Iceland has to endure. And everyone is using the guts of a strangled deer to pluck out a tune. And it's just fascinating that she went from that to this. And uh, it makes her artistry all that much more compelling to me because it was so conscious in its development. And even though I don't often want to fuck with what Bjork has been doing lately, and I have to say... I think I have at most a three song limit on how many Bjork songs I can hear in a yep. row. Yeah. Same. I honor her for being so distinct girl. Go. But Same. yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, there yeah. is something about that. It's like blue raspberry bubble gum ice cream. 
in a glass of vodka that you're like, I, ew. But then you're like, well, I'll try it. And then you're like, that's delicious. And then you're halfway down the glass and you're like, that's that much delicious. And now I have to go home. <laughs> like, yes. Exactly. Now I need to just go eat like a hot dog or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like I was talking in the last episode about the my take on David Lynch, which is like, I'm glad you exist, but this is a little too much for me. And that's sort of why. Like, I think that, and this is not always true, but I think that David Lynch often is so into, like, it's so much more symbology and dream state than it is tethered to, like, a linear reality and yes. if that's that's like not a balance that I enjoy, but I also feel that it's extremely worthwhile artistically. And Bjork is like that. That it's and you know, this is someone who grew up in Iceland, like there's something about the amounts of daylight available at given times that I think is absolutely yes. like if we had, you know, what would our podcast be like if it were like, you know, Sarda Bunting's daughter? I think we would have very different takes on things. <laughs> Mark Morgenson. <laughs> Morgensonson. <laughs> it's uh, for six months of the year, the sun never goes down. <laughs> I'm not crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> and I'd be like, ah, all darkness. <laughs> J- um, justice for Mephistopheles. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's your, your discussion, your description of her music as living in that sort of dream state is so apt because I read a description an interview with her about this song where she said it's for her, not about sex. It's about meeting Nellie Hooper who co-wrote the song with her and feeling like they were going to have a big sensual experience as collaborators. Right. And that's, and I'm just like, you know what? Okay. But like, if you say so girl, but also the song is about fucking. And I'm just like, well, you yeah. know what? She said, what would be, be like, well, the song is called pussy, but it's really about, it's just about cats. And you're like, but it's, <laughs> it's also about vaginas. <laughs> Come on. But I, th- and I think that that is part of the reason that I can only hear a few of her songs in a row because there's, we were, I was talking last week about the mystery inside of the song, say it right by Nelly Furtado. But that mystery though, dense to me still feels accessible and the mystery of bjork almost feels uh gnomic sometimes yeah like or gnostic i think i'm sorry i meant to say gnostic um it's like a gnostic well, it's riddle gnomic that- in the sense that like she would do a whole album from the perspective of a gnome <laughs> yeah that's also she was the gnostic gnome like the druids yes who, yes um but there's so, it's so out there and it's so um, esoteric that, and, and it's also just filled with musical musical languages that don't necessarily make sense to me all the time. And I can go there sometimes, but then I honestly need a break. And that might make me a philistine. There's probably someone who's writing us a one star review on iTunes right now because I don't get it, and well, that's okay. that's fine. That it's like, how dare you? Like, this isn't Mark and Sarah talk about subsisting on a diet entirely of marshmallows, <laughs> which yeah. is what that is. And some, I think that some, to me, Bjork is the perfect flavor in a mix. Yes. Like, you know, you toss in Hyper Ballad or Army of Me oh, or Isabel. Yes. Like, Army of Me is a fucking great song. And 
it, it fits in a mix of other songs that aren't all Bjork very well. Isn't that from the <laughs> Judge Dredd soundtrack too? <laughs> Probably. I mean, yes. I think it is. That I remember being like, "Damn, St- Stallone's hip now." Okay. <laughs> but you're so right. Like, I just need a taste of the blue raspberry and goat fingernails ice cream yeah and that's that's interesting and good and then i don't need to finish <laughs> like humans thought of this and made it one bite's enough um well you also some clipped, people might be saying that about our show right now <laughs> you also clipped um a snippet of birthday which this was my introduction to bjork actually was that um before she was just by herself she was in a band called the sugar cubes they i think recorded almost everything twice once in Icelandic, Mm. once in English. Um, And John Ramos, um, star of Jazz Ass and friend of the podcast, put a couple of Sugar Cube songs on a mix for me. And like alone, the Sugar Cubes are real tough for me to take. Like I bought their CD at the record exchange. I listened to it and I was like, "Mm, nope, John picked the good ones. And I sold it back to them like, two days later (laughs) but sandwiched in between like camper van beethoven and Susie and the banshees it's like it it has bridge qualities for a a mix of early late 80s early 90s stuff that is perfect absolutely Um, but i mean this song is a lot i i almost didn't get through listening (laughs) to the whole thing so let's hear a clip It's a lot. (laughs) I mean, it literally is like the entire range of a human voice. Like her instrument is fucking amazing. Yes. But then the uses that she chooses for it are frequently so sophomoric. She's like, and then there's always a line in there where it's like a completely innocent. She's just talking about like painting while being stoned or something. And she's like, I touched it. And you're like, ah, you touched it. All right. <laughs> well, I had never heard this song before until you called for a clip. And when I read the lyrics, it's about a little girl and her next door neighbor, the grown up man having a weird sensual attraction for one another. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. Bjork, I know that you're writing this from a place of like, I don't know what, but (laughs) Bjorkiness. And I realize that at this point, I'm in danger of making the new Fiona Apple album a leitmotif for the rest of the year, but here we are. That album is filled with a similar type of artistic abandon and freedom where Fiona Apple is just making sounds sometimes, and it seems like she just made the sound impulsively and decided to keep it in the music. But that album is also using those sounds to tell these very specific stories lyrically that are so clearly felt and meant. And you understand when you hear the words and you think about them, why they needed to sound this way. And it's that specificity and clarity that makes her 
album so exciting. And I think, Bjork, you're making a lot of growling, yelping sounds, but you're also talking about like an old man painting a book with the back of his eyelids that a girl could read through her dreams or whatever. Like, girl, okay. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, but also, <laughs> you know, this is the kind of like um, fourth hand opaque symbology that everyone else was using at 19 and Fiona so apple is oh not 19 God. anymore and it's a good thing that she's not that she's sort she, of pairing experimentation with rigor that's Bjork exactly right tends to pair experimentation with more experimentation and um enthusiasm versus rigor which and i have no like, I, I'm not a Bjorkologist, but I can't imagine that she doesn't know. Like, she's not a, um, this is not like outsider art. Like, this is someone who has been making and interpreting music her entire life. So yeah. it's not like I don't think she has a grounding in whatever she's trying to do. But she, she likes to, you know, she showed up at the fucking... She showed up wearing a swan. Like this yeah, is yeah. this is the mind. This is the headspace. Which, like jokes aside, I think you have to not grade her on the same curve as other artists in terms of like making sense. Because yes, I think she's not. She's like, well, who cares? Like, how is that relevant? And you're like, well, it's relevant to my enjoyment. But girl, do go ahead. Do you? And. This is so, for instance, she made an album. This is what I was obliquely referencing before in 2004 called Medulla, which was uh, made entirely with human vocals. I tried too because it seemed so cool. Like, but, but the whole album is just made of this human voice sounds. And like, that's awesome. And you're so right. You have to grade someone on a very different curve when they're that avant garde. Like, she. She had a flirtation with mainstream-ish music there for a minute, and then she was like, fuck that. Here I go. Somebody light a Matchbox car on fire. That's the sound of my new album. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, again, there's only... I guess I'm a bit of a basic. I don't have that avant-garde of a taste. But I'm I'm glad, like we've been saying, to have the occasional Bjork song in my life. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of where I am with a lot of jazz, that it's like, well, if you understand the history and the evolution of the saxophone solo, then you'll understand that this um, histrionic migraine bleating is actually, and it's like, I don't, I don't need anyone's life story. Like, I, I feel like I'm being stabbed in the tear duct. I don't want to listen <laughs> to this anymore. Like, if you're going to be avant-garde, like, make it fashion. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, as, as they so often said to Sergio on this season of Project Runway, if you have to come out here and take five minutes to explain the story of the garment, the story is not coming across. Yeah. Also, hey. d- don't bite Celine's story. Oh. Oh, God, Sergio. Ducks. Okay. Don't like seriously. Don't come for the queen and then act like you weren't aware that you were in her country. Well, it really like what if he had, he's be like, oh well, this is actually a duck. This garment, like Sergio, <laughs> come, come here. I can't believe we're still bitching about this guy. That season ended like a month ago. By the way. <laughs> like I know it was like so. The whole world has fucking changed since then. But yeah. still, yeah. 
I'm still bad. I didn't we have some conversation <laughs> where you're like, look, I don't wish him any ill, and you're like, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, nope. Oh. Well. All right. Well, I'm you. not sure how we ended up on fucking Sergio, but um. <laughs> But Brian V, we thank you so much for the request. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. If you would like to request a song, you can just email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com or find us in any of the ways that we're about to enumerate for you in the bumper at the end of this episode. And uh, if you're not already a Patreon supporter, and you can, many people can't at this very weird trying time in human history but if you would like to become a patreon supporter and visit us at the patreon only mastappy hour each week and either tell us how wrong we are about bjork <laughs> or bring to the table your favorite honky bleeding bjork song to make fun of we would love to have you join us they really are a lot of fun and you get to vote on um, ranking episodes and all sorts of other stuff on our Patreon page. So if you can, join us. We'd love to have you. Bloop. <laughs> I still haven't got over it even now. I want to spend huge amounts of time on my Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.